Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zade, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us celebrating Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's begin the show. This episode promises to be a fun one, I think. Uh, I write episodes with a little something for everyone, but if you know much about Star Trek, then this episode is one you might especially like. Especially like. We are going to save Generation X for future generations a little today with the material we cover with these two friends who have a friendship that stretches all the way back to elementary school, 35 years. Am I right, gentlemen? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Our contestants today are Matt. Hey there. Yeah. Stoked to be here with my good friend, Jeff, on uh, this uh, Gen X extravaganza game show. Um, Jeff's pretty money, but I'm not going to be pulling any punches, so I'm ready to throw down. Brad. And Matt will be playing against Jeff. Hello. Thanks for having us. Um, 
I was going to say I was uh, hoping not to fall flat on my face, but now that Matt had his little intro, I said, well, maybe Matt will fall first and I'll have a nice cushy dead body to soften the blow. So. <laughs> what are friends for, right? If not to soften the blow with their corpse. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, thank you. Okay. If you're new to the show, here's how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds. The player with the most points after round two goes on to play the bonus round to try and win today's prize that is unless the losing player can play spoiler to them and stop them in our final game we're going to jump right into round one now and get the game rolling round one round one today is a game called the facts of life this is a game where we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions on a topic and the players must compete to identify them on the top 10 list an incorrect answer gets you a strike and the player who gets three strikes loses the round the winner of the round will be awarded the power, the power, which is a position that will grant them advantages later in the show. So no points are awarded for round one, but having the power in round two can be a great advantage. We flip the coin backstage to determine who goes first, and Jeff, you won the coin flip. Between TV shows and films, it's safe to say that Star Trek has become a fundamental pillar of Generation X culture. The best Star Trek series makes us re-examine ourselves and our society, which has been key to the franchise's ability to stay in our hearts and minds for after so many years. Really, Star Trek has the capacity to be just about any genre it wants. A sci-fi show, an action thriller, a character piece, anything works as long as the writing and acting are good enough. But sometimes the quality of Star Trek varies. After all, with hundreds of episodes produced, they can't all be sitting on the edge of forever. Sometimes you get an episode like Threshold on Star Trek Voyager or uh, Spock's Brain episode. But which series are the best? And for that matter, how do they rank amongst the films? Well, now's your chance to find out. Over 12,000 Trekkies have been surveyed, and they have ranked every Star Trek series and movie ever released. This episode's Facts of Life list asks you to name the titles of the top 10 Star Trek series and movies on one combined list. All movies, all TV series have been considered for this list. So tell me, guys, what are the best Star Trek productions of all time? Jeff, you have the honor of going first. Wow. <laughs> so all combined. All combined. This is one combined list. All movies, all series, Ooh. all shows, not including my home Ooh. fan fiction. <laughs> Those did not make the list. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm tempted to go with a movie, but ooh. I'm going to go with the series. I'm going to say Star Trek Next Generation. Sir, I know this may finish me as an acting ensign, but shut up, Wesley. Star Trek Next Generation, number three on the list. Well done. Matt, can you get number one? I'm going to go the movie route with this one. And I got to say Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. He asks me. He tasks me, and I shall have him. I'll chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the Antares maelstrom and round Perdition's flames before I give him up. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Matt, number one, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. You'll get no arguments from me on that one. <laughs> no. Jeff, back to you, buddy. Okay, so... I want to say film, but I'm thinking maybe it's not, but I guess, you know, top 10 in there. So I got, I, I can get anywhere in there. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to get high. Let's but, just go know. with the OG. 
Yeah, let's 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 go with the original series. Bach, I don't know too much about these little tribbles yet, but there is one thing that I have discovered. What is that, Doctor? I like them better than I like you. A doctor? Yes. They do indeed have one redeeming characteristic. What's that? They do not talk too much. Star Trek, the original series, number two on the list. Well done. No strikes so far. Matt, you're up. What's your second guess? I think I'm going to go the series route as well with this answer. And I'm going to go with Voyager, Star Trek Voyager. I'm as close to a sentient life form as any hologram could hope to be. I socialize with the crew, fraternize with aliens. I've even had sexual relations. Sex? How's that possible? We're not equipped. Let's just say I made an addition to my program. Before you leave, maybe you could download those subroutines into my database. We'll see. Star Trek Voyager. Number eight on the list. I think all the really easy ones Mm. are off the board. Very obvious ones. It's going to get a little more difficult as we go back to you, Jeff. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go the serious route again, and I'm going to go with Deep Space Nine. I had no idea. What? He's so much more handsome in person. Those eyes. Kirk had quite the reputation as a ladies' man. Uh, Not him. Spock. Deep Space Nine is number seven. Well done. No strikes again. Back to you, Matt. I'm going to pivot back to movies and let's go with Star Trek First Contact. They invade our space and we fall back. They assimilate entire worlds and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. And I will make them pay for what they've done. Star Trek First Contact, number five on the list. You guys are fans. <laughs> Jeff, okay. can you keep the strikeless streak alive? Maybe. Maybe I won't. If I go for the animated series, I'll get a strike, right? <laughs> I cannot give you any help. The judges will kick me off the show. I'm sorry. Let's go the movie route. Let's go um, the, voyage, uh, the Voyage Home. Let's go Star Trek Four. Admiral, if we were to assume that these whales are ours to do with as we please, we would be as guilty as those who caused their extinction. Okay, I don't know what this is all about, but I want you guys out of here right now or I call the cops. I assure you that won't be necessary. We're only trying to help. The hell you were, Buster. Your friend was messing up my tanks and messing up my whales. They like you very much, but they are not the hell your whales. I I suppose they've told you that, huh? The hell they did. Star Trek 4, Voyage Home, number six. Still no strikes. Gonna get a little more difficult. Matt, what you got? I'm gonna go really recent with this one um, and see if it's a front of mine. Uh, Star Trek Discovery. Discovery, number 21 on the list. First strike, Matt. (laughs) Jeff, you're in the driver's seat now. Keep it alive. Uh, I'm gonna go another movie and I'm gonna go with uh, Undiscovered Country. So, this is goodbye. I think it's about time we got underway ourselves. Captain, I have orders from Starfleet Command. We're to put back to space dock immediately to be decommissioned. If I were human, I believe my response would be go to hell. 
If I were human. That is a fantastic guess. Number four on the list. Matt, one strike. What's your guess? It pains me to say this, but I'm going to go in the J.J. Uh, Abrams route and Star Trek Into Darkness. Into Darkness, number 19 on the list. Uh, That's your second strike, Matt. Jeff, no strikes. Two answers remain. Can you get one of them? Let's go... Um... Let's go Generations. Star Trek Generations. Star Trek Generations. Number 11 on the list. These go to 11. Just outside the top 10. Sorry, right. Jay. Matt, you're still alive, buddy. Two answers remain. Okay. Did, did we already go Search for Spock? Uh, search for Spock has not been answered yet. Has Star not been given as an answer. Star Trek. Search for Spock. Admiral. David is dead. Klingon bastard, you've killed my son. You Klingon bastard. There are two more prisoners, Admiral. Do you want them killed too? Surrender your vessel. All right. All right, right Daniel. Give me a minute to inform my crew. I give two minutes for you and your gallant crew. Search for Spock, of course, number nine on the list. Okay, Jeff, here's the situation. There's one answer remaining. You need to get it to stay alive. Do I want to go 90s? I'm thinking, here's my thought. I'm thinking, right, there's insurrection. There's nemesis left for the movies. Is that correct? And television, there's still. There's a bunch left. It's still there. Picard is still there. Yeah. So do I want to go more recent or do I want to go older? Hmm. What would Trekkies do? I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got, a, I got a, a strike to spare. No, you don't actually. This is the last no. one. So this is the last. Oh, this is the, this oh, is this the is is okay. Yeah, we're we're looking for number ten, and then after more the, oh, after okay. that, this doesn't matter how many strikes you got. Okay. Matt has a tiebreaker, so you need to get this, and Matt needs to strike out for you to win. I'll go recent. I'll go Picard. Why not? <laughs> Star Trek Picard, number 14 on the list. I'm sorry, Jeff. So that means, Matt, you won the game. Congratulations. You have the power. The power is yours. That was close because I was at the end of my uh, rope for uh, remembering Star Trek titles, <laughs> series titles. I even remember, I only remember like because fans don't like those films and that's why i remember like nemesis and insurrection i know are unpopular but uh, i was definitely going enterprise next if uh, it came to that <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm going to run down uh, the list and we'll end with number 10 so that's the only one that wasn't uh, said number one was wrath of khan two the original series three the next generation number four was undiscovered country five first contact Six, The Voyage Home. Seven, Deep Space Nine. Eight, Voyager. Number nine was The Search for Spock, Star Trek Three. And number 10, which was not said, was Star Trek Enterprise. So you would have yeah. got it, Matt. Yeah. The uh, uh, animated series was on there as number 16. Just to let you oh, know, okay. Jeff. That's not bad. <laughs> People liked it more than Insurrection and Nemesis, which fell behind it in the, <laughs> in the list. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. I like to ask a personal preference question 
and also ask our guests about their Gen X credentials. That is, besides being born when they were, what makes them qualified to truly call themselves Generation X? This episode's personal preference question is, which is the coolest Star Trek movie and which is the lamest Star Trek movie? Matt, I'm going to start with you. Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your Gen X credentials and your personal preference answers. Uh, thank you, Zabe. Um, again, pleasure to be here. Um, my Gen X credentials. Uh, so aside from, you know, a birthday square in the middle of the 70s, class of 93, product of a divorced family, before VCRs were a staple, um, I grew up with a laser disc player in my wow. household. Yeah. And we had, I think, maybe a total of four Laserdisc movies <laughs> for the entirety of that that machine's lifespan. And I think that's the story of most Laserdiscs back in the back in the day. Without a doubt, yeah. And titles I can remember: Popeye with Robin Williams. Oh yeah, the original Star Wars: New Hope. Long before George Lucas got his re-editing hands on that, uh, the African Queen <laughs> with Humphrey Bogart. Wow, Goldfinger. Nice. Sean Connery. And I watched those pretty much on a loop <laughs> growing up. Uh, beyond that, yeah, growing up watching MASH with my dad, Magnum P.I. and Star Trek, the original series with my mom. Your mom was a Trekkie? My mom was a Trekkie. She is the reason for my Trek fandom, for sure. That's so without your mom, you wouldn't have won round one. Yeah, I can... I can thank moms. <laughs> God rest her soul. She, she was looking out for me. <laughs> My most stellar Gen X credential is the mobile phone. And this is a big air quotes around mobile phone that I owned in the mid nineties, um, which we all affectionately referred to as the brick. Um, this was a Motorola device. that was literally three pounds shaped like a brick um, was really better suited for a personal defense device <laughs> than actually making phone calls. <laughs> and with how little I use that thing, I can only explain my ownership of it as being some, you know, reverberation of my deep seated boyhood, boyhood desire to be Sonny Crockett from my device. <laughs> so shout Are you out to Jeff Tubbs then. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> Jeff. Jeff will always be my tubs and my, yeah. <laughs> and my Castillo for that matter. Edward James almost. All right. <laughs> and your yeah. personal preference answers. I was very tempted to go uh, first count contact route because I do worship at the altar of Patrick Stewart, but um, you know, really in reality, it's, there's no question. It's the wrath of Khan. It's wrath of Khan is where everything took off and, just about everything that's happened that's good for Star Trek can be kind of directly traced back to that movie, I think, one way or another. Agreed. Uh, it, set the, it set the table. And it, uh, It's not just a great Star Trek movie, though. It's a great movie, just onto itself. If, if that's all you ever watch of Star Trek, I, I think you're doing yourself a good service. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Even though we have to stomach Kirstie Alley being in the film now. And, <laughs> But you anytime know, maybe, I see a caterpillar, I think of that little thing that cruises in, you know, Chekhov's ear. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, same here. Uh, and the second part of that question is lamest Star Trek movie. Um, yeah, it's still it's still among the original as 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 problematic as some of the later films have been. It's I think it's still a part of the original cast of movies, and that's the Final Frontier. <laughs> Star Trek Five. Shatner climbing El Capitan, <laughs> Spock with those rocket boots. Oh God, you know, it's 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 a bad movie, and it's fortunately they rebounded with uh, I think what Star Trek Six: Undiscovered Country. Yeah, that was a much better one. Yeah, yeah, they let Shatner uh, direct that one, and uh, I I don't think he had, I don't think he had quite the the the, the right chops for for directing a Star Trek film. He's yeah. better in front of the camera than behind it. Let's just put it that way. To say the least. Jeff, we're on to you. Welcome. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, your Gen X credentials, as well as your personal preference questions, answers. Just like Matt, I'm born smack dab in the middle, 70s. Uh, graduated class in 93. Okay. The Gen X cred would, would be maybe working in a video store, but also the fact that I've had to go through multiple platforms in my music. So I've gone from vinyl to cassette tape to CD to digital and then now back to vinyl, right? Come full circle. So, um, no a track in that lineup though, huh? There was, but that was more my sister's. Right? She, uh. she had the eight track. I never got an eight track. She, she was lucky enough to get the eight track. So, yeah, my older sibling got that too. I, I, I never yeah. got the hand me down on that one. I specifically remember her use, uh, listening to the Grease soundtrack <laughs> on, on eight track. Um, we had that album and my sister and I and my other brother would dance around on the couches and reenact scenes from that, that movie uh, all the time. Grease was a big thing in my household as well. I remember going, the, that was the very first film I ever saw, probably not in a theater, it was in a drive-in. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, there's a little Gen X cred, I guess, there too, right? I got to for see sure. my first movie at a drive-in. Seeing inappropriate movies for your age in a drive-in, that's, that's, that's got to yeah. be Gen X. Yep. <laughs> yeah matt of course stole my ideas as well for for the the best star trek i would i would have gone for uh con as well right you got moby dick references from hell's heart i stab at thee for hate's sake i spit my last breath at thee you got kobayashi right you've got Right, Shatner's f famous yell of Khan, Ricardo Montalban. Um, Iconic, maybe, all those things. Yeah, maybe maybe a second for me, just because as a young kid, it's probably the the one I watched the most as a as a young kid was probably Voyage Home, and that's got some interesting things in it too. You get to see Spock in a diaper, which is kind of <laughs> nice swimming with whales. Um, <laughs> You get to see uh, uh, Spock take down a punk on, on a bus, on a city bus in San Fran. So that's, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, so uh, yeah. our our activation word for our Alexa at home is computer because of uh, Scotty talking into the mouse yeah. on that computer. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we do it at yeah. our house. Yeah. And you got nuclear vessel vessels. Vessels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that um, was on a loop on cable. I recall I probably seen that movie the most as well, just because yeah. it was always on HBO or whatever growing up. And uh, I think a whole summer spent 
watching humpback whales go through space. Right. Worse would probably be Final Frontier as well, but I think honorable mention needs to go to the motion picture, which is, well, it moves at a glacial <laughs> pace and quite possibly the most boring film I've ever watched. That's saying something. But. Yeah, uh, that, I, I never watched that when I was a kid. For some reason, I, I missed it. I never, I never went. And uh, I was kind of a late comer to Star Trek, really being a fan. Um, I was, I was diehard Star Wars my whole life. And later on in life, I, I, I grasped the, uh, the, I watched the original series with my older brothers, but, um, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't really love it, you know, until, geez, into my thirties. I said, you know what? I I should watch this Star Trek motion picture. I've never seen it. And good heavens. I mean, there's just like, I don't know, 10 minutes, (laughs) 10 minutes blocks of time of just like spaceship porn, you know, just here's the enterprise. Look, here it is from this angle. Here it is over here. Like the best contribution that movie had, I think was it gave us the next generation theme song. Right. So when I was watching the first time, I'm like, Hey, what? I felt like I was in some sort of weird time loop or something. Like this isn't the right music. Like (laughs) it caught me off guard because I I knew it from the other thing. So yeah, Robert Weiss, right, is the director of the motion picture, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, he made, he director of like Sound of Music. So he's a good filmmaker, but <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I think they <laughs> spent a lot of, of money on those, a lot of money on those effects and they wanted to get their money's worth. Yeah. Not his genre, yeah. I don't think, is yeah. the key. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for being on the show again, guys. Round two. Round two today is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I'll ask a total of eight questions, four to each contestant. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer by making their case through loud arguments. The player who won round one has the power to choose between two questions during the round, and the power also lets the player know the what uh, one of the two categories the question falls under players take turns answering questions with a chance to steal if their opponents answer incorrectly a steal is worth one point but also steals the power away from their opponent you cannot lose points for an incorrect answer however all questions must be given unanswered no matter how incorrect they may be so uh if you don't know the answer make up something uh, very entertaining and make us all giggle matt won round one and you're going to kick us off matt with one of these Two questions. So we'll mix them up. So Matt, you can choose between. There's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. And that is a music question. Or you can choose between waka, 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 which is an arcade game question. Which of those two would you like? I will go waka, waka. Let's go arcade. In the legendary 1980 arcade game Pac-Man, in addition, in addition to dots and power pellets, there are eight bonus items, usually referred to as fruits, although not all items are fruit. They appear near the center of the maze as uh, point bonuses. These items score extra points when eaten. Name three of the bonus items in Pac-Man. Strawberry. Cherry. Orange. That is correct. Well done. That's two points for you, Matt. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't have to answer that. Jeez. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> the, hey, you know, I mean, some questions are more difficult than others. The fruits are 
cherry, strawberry, orange, apple, melon, the uh, Galaxian boss, if you remember the little icon for that from Galaxian, the video game, a bell, and also a key. So keys are the rest of the way. Once you get the key, uh, you're awesome at the game and you just keep going keys forever. Pac-Man was originally released under the English name Puck-Man. Upon its release in the United States, the U.S. publishers wanted to change the game's title due to fear of vandalism in the P in Puck easily being changed to an F, giving a very different title to the game. Smart move, dude. Uh, Gen X would have been all over that sort of vandalism and giggling all over the arcade, I think. No doubt. <laughs> okay, Jeff, this question's for you. It's called, there's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. The, the hint would have come through better if I would have sang it, but it's not happening. We Are the World is a charity single originally recorded by the supergroup USA for Africa in 1985. Many, many stars collaborated to perform the single. The song was on nearly every station on the radio, and the video was on MTV constantly. How many performers are credited for appearing in the music video for We Are the World? This is a multiple choice, unless you don't need it. Do you need it? I need it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I think you're being humble, but for the listeners at home, we'll give them the multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, 35, B, 30, C, 46, or D, 69? 69, dude. I won't go along with the... Uh... Joke for the 69. 69! Although it's tempting, right? It's low-hanging fruit. Very low. No pun intended. Right? <laughs> um, um, so I remember seeing, like, a dais. I remember seeing a bunch of people up there. I remember some of them. I'm going to go with uh, 35. Sorry. That is incorrect, Jeff. I'm sorry. Matt, can you steal for one point? I remember this stage vaguely. The stage of, like... Uh, Entertainers, vaguely, um, and it seemed like there was a lot of damn people up there. I'm going to go 46. 46 is correct. That gives you three points to Jeff's zero points. Don't hang your head, Jeff. Anything can still happen. We Are the World has sold more than 20 million units and raised more than $63 million for humanitarian aid in Africa and the United States. The song was recorded late at night after the American Music Awards in 1985. With that many stars working on the same project, the motto of the night was, check your ego at the door. Stevie Wonder added, added that if they didn't get the song done in one take, then he and Ray Charles would be driving everybody home. That's The score is three to zero. We're going to move on. Matt, you still have the power. So you can choose between these two questions. To boldly go where no initials have gone before? Let's say sci-fi TV question. Or your other choice is, would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? Oh. Whew. I want to know, I, I know what both of those are, actually. Um, Which one do you feel strongest about? I'm going to, uh, we'll go with the first route. That's to boldly go. Okay. I'm not surprised to be the the Starship Enterprise in the original series was the most advanced starship in the Federation and was built with all the latest tech available for Kirk and the crew on their five-year mission. In the hallways of the Enterprise, some of the high-tech machinery is on display for the viewer to see by way of tubes 
marked GNDN. What do the initials GNDN stand for? This is multiple choice as well, if you need it. GNDN? Yes, those are the initials. You want the multiple choice? I'm going to give them yeah. to you whether you want them or not. Yeah, please. Bring it. Is, is it A, gravity neutralizing diffusal node? B, guidance navigation directional number? Or is it C, grafting nano dilithium nucleus? Or D, goes nowhere, does nothing? Okay. I am completely lost on this one, but I do know that nacelles are a real thing in Star Trek. Nacelles. And so I think I'm going to go with answer C. So we're going with grafting nano dilithium nacelles? Correct. Yes. That is incorrect. I'm sorry. Jeff, here's your chance to get right back in this game and score a point and steal the power. A, B, or D? It is, goes nowhere, does nothing. It's useless. And there's no question, it's deliberate. That is correct. One point. Yay, I finally got one. <laughs> You're on the board, Jeff. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Yeah. <clears throat> Feels kind of nice. Yeah. This is where it all turns around. You know, this guy's just been sandbagging <laughs> right. it. <laughs> in Star Trek, the original series, GNDN was an inside joke produced by the set designers of the series as a prank on the producers. Goes Nowhere Does Nothing became a well-known enough prank that when Star Trek shows had to rebuild some of the old Enterprise sets, they made sure to include a GNDN pipe in tribute. The year 2020 could easily have been labeled GNDN as well. Amen. <laughs> okay, Jeff, this question's <laughs> for you. You get this one correct, you tie the game. This one's called, would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? This is a movie question. In the 1986 movie, The Three Amigos, they have to get directions to El Guapo's stronghold by saying the magic chant and summoning the invisible swordsman. Tell me any of the three magical chants. I'm just kidding. Um, no one can do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to do the Chevy Chase one, but... You killed the invisible swordsman! I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can take a crack at it, but that's not the real question. No, the no, real no question, that's, fine. that's fine. The real question is this. Everyone knows that the three amigos are made up of Lucky, Dusty, and Ned. But what are the last names of these three amigos? I'm not sure. I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. Um, I'm just going to guess Star. <laughs> that would be Madonna if she was on it. She'd be a lucky star, I think. <laughs> Madonna was not one of the three amigos. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Matt, can you steal? Almost certainly not. <laughs> I, guess. I have no memory of these character names as much as you're going to kick yourself. I'm going to say the names and you guys are going to remember. Uh, yeah, I, maybe. Um, <laughs> so you, you need like all three last names, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, is this one too hard? Sorry, guys. No, no, I, no. I 
again, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie too. Yeah. <laughs> so, however, uh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll guess uh, Miller, Anderson, Johnson. Yeah, Miller, Anderson, and Johnson. Those are real comedic last names are going to go with. I'm sorry, that is incorrect, Matt. <clears throat> they decided to go with the much funnier Lucky Day, Ned Needlander, and Dusty Bottoms. Yeah, I run all these questions by my wife. And if she can get them, then they're, they're in the show. So she got this one. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> my wife's pretty is, smart. Yeah. She's, pretty, she's yeah. pretty on it with this sort of thing. The fun fact is Steve Martin claimed that the film was originally set to star himself as Lucky, Dan Aykroyd as Dusty, and John Belushi as Ned. When Belushi passed away in 1981, he was initially replaced by John Candy. When John Candy was deemed too big to ride a horse, had short not been available, Landis, the director, would have asked Rick Moranis to play the part. Finally, when Dan Aykroyd become, became unavailable, he was replaced by Chevy Chase. The director that was first linked with this film was Steven Spielberg, believe it or not, who chose to do E.T. instead. Good choice. Better career move, I think. Yeah, I think that was a winner. <laughs> so that's the score of Matt, three points. Jeff, still on one point, but on the board. Matt, you retained the power, and you can pick between these two questions. Will it be one small step for man, one quantum leap for Scott Bakula? which is a TV question or will it be keep on trucking, Kurt Russell, keep on trucking, Kurt Russell. In the 1986 film, big trouble in little China, Kurt Russell plays a rough and tumble trucker who helps rescue a friend's fiance from an ancient sorcerer in supernatural battle beneath Chinatown. What was the name of Kurt Russell's character in the film? And also what was the name of his truck? <laughs> Anyone who has seen Big Trouble in Little China in the last five years would get this. And if you haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China within the last five years, shame on you. It's a classic. It is. Uh, and Kurt Russell is wonderful. Uh, okay, character name, truck name? The name of his truck. Okay. A truck is a central character in the movie that gets him into the... It's a plot device. That's his, uh, his reason for being in this thing. They steal his truck, if you recall. Looking at Matt's face, Jeff, you should be preparing an answer. Yeah, I'll say. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Russell's character's name is Jake Trouble. <laughs> and the his, truck? Tru his truck is affect affectionately referred to as the ball breaker. The ball breaker is incorrect, and so is the name of the character. So sorry, Matt. Jeff, can you steal this? It, I want to say the first name of the character is Jack. Am I correct in that, at least? Jack is his first name. Okay, but I cannot remember the last name, and I can't remember the truck. Well, we can argue with the judges for whether you get partial credit for Jack or not, but can you get the truck? Without the truck, it's a no-go. Wait, let me check with the judges. Judges? Yes, they're informing me that is a no-go if you can't come with the truck. And remember, if you say, Night, I don't Night know. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. <laughs> Sorry. Colossus. You were so close. Is the truck's name Colossus? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jack Burton was the character name. And the Pork Chop Express. Come on, guys. It's Pork Chop Express. 
Ah. Here's the fun fact. Lopan has three protectors in Big Trouble in Little China. The Storms, as they are called. They serve as his guardians. One of the Storms, named Lightning, was the inspiration for the character Raiden, and Lopan was the inspiration for Shang Tsung in the video game Mortal Kombat, as you recall. As the villainous Lightning character was crushed to death, some of the Lightning he emits forms a small Chinese symbol as it disappears, just at the very end of his scene. The symbol translates as Carpenter, which is either a nod to the film's director, John Carpenter, or the special effects guy was a huge fan of Karen Carpenter, Carpenter and her band. Uh, the judges will do more research on that and get back to you on this one. You just listen to the old pork chop express here now and take his advice on a dark and stormy night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down and sheets thick as lead. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. On to you, Jeff. Jeff, here's the good news. You get this answer here. It's a two-pointer. The game's tied. You're right in this. The question's called, One Small Step for Man, One Quantum Leap for Scott Bakula. A television question. In the TV show Quantum Leap, a scientist named Sam, played by Scott Bakula, finds himself trapped time-traveling in the past, leaping into the bodies of different people on a regular basis and sorting out their problems whilst trying to get back to his own time. What was Sam's last leap in the very last episode before he disappeared forever? Uh, and it is multiple choice. Would you like it? That's a yes, that's I'll a nod. It, that's... I think I might know it, but I want to, I, I want to be sure. Yeah, that's, that's the wise yes. move. <laughs> wise move, take this multiple choice. Was it A, to his home to sit at his father's deathbed? B, to Beth Calavici's house to tell her to wait for Al. C, to NASA to prevent the fatal shuttle launch. Or D, to Donna to say goodbye. Or was it E, to the year 2008 to prevent Steven Spielberg from releasing Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? <laughs> I kind of wish it was the last one, but... <laughs> um, yeah. I think I know this. That was my first response is... Good old Al, um, Dean Stockwell, he leaped to tell his wife to wait for him. B is correct. Way to go, Jeff. You have tied up this game. Phew. <laughs> Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past facing mirror images that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Fun fact. Even today, Scott Bakula is regularly asked what he would do if he could really leap back into any point in history. His reply was, quote, I wish certainly I could go back and change the course of any of the world wars that had created so many losses. And of course, the more recently to think about 9-11 and all the tragedies that we had, uh, the knowledge to stop those things, you'd want to do that, he said. You know, it would be fun to go back in the old days of yore, to the courts and such and such. 
But I always tend to think more about the huge world events that happened and if there was some way to prevent these huge, big disasters, end quote. Uh, this quote is what inspired the multiple choice E in this question. Uh, if Scott only had the chance, man, yeah. just think of it. <laughs> right. Okay, so we're down to the last two questions. Matt, you have the power, the power. and uh, you can pick between these two questions. Skeet surfing with the French resistance? Or will it be name that autotune, the bad British accent edition? <laughs> oh, I can't resist a little skeet surfing, so. Okay. Surf's up. If everybody had a 12 gauge and a support too, you see him shooting them In the highly underrated 1984 comedy Top Secret, Val Kilner's character Nick Rivers is introduced to the French resistance of East Germany in the 1950s. Go figure that. Yeah. These freedom fighters all have the most French-sounding names in cinema history. Frankly, it's the only way American audiences would remember them. There are 11 members of the resistance. Name any three of the members of the resistance and do it in the most outrageous French accent that you can muster. <laughs> oh my. I have no, I have no French. <laughs> if I start trying to uh, do a French accent, you, the podcast ratings will go down. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to do that to you, Zane. Judges? Okay, they'll allow it. Okay, three, and there's, a, God, there's 11 resistance members? There's 11, and two like honorable mentions. Well, you can say more than three if you like, if that'll help. Okay. Uh, okay, well, obviously there's chocolate mousse. <laughs> That's not French. <laughs> can I hear that chocolate mousse one more time? Ch chocolate mousse? <laughs> I love it. Uh, and there is Deja Vu. <laughs> oh, God. Does Nigel count? <laughs> what was Nigel's code name? Oh, God, Nigel, he, a code name. He had a, he had a name. He did have a code name, didn't he? The Torch. <laughs> the Torch is correct. Technically, it was Z-Torch. Z-Torch. Still. still. <laughs> It counts. Congratulations, Matt. That is a two-pointer, and you've taken a commanding lead in this game. Jeff, did you want to? Did you want to crack at any of these other names? No. Is there a? Is there a latrine in there as well? There's a latrine. Yes, <laughs> latrine. Yeah, he comes in a little bit later. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't remember latrine. It gets a little messy if you don't remember the latrine. Yeah. There are. Here are the names. Introduce the American to the men. Very well. This is Chevalier. Montage, détente, avant-garde, and déjà vu. 
Have we not met before, monsieur? I don't think so. Over there. Poisson. Soufflé. Escargot. Chocolate mousse. Mm. We also would have accepted uh, Albert Potato as the, uh, he had the farm, the potato farm. Oh, right. Oh, and of course, right. the torch. Okay. In true Zucker Brothers fashion, Top Secret follows the formula of having serious actors perform against types in their absurd comedy. Top Secret has an unrecognizable Peter Cushing as the Swedish bookstore owner and a young Jim Carter as Deja Vu. That means this is the only movie that can boast having both Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars and Mr. Carson from Downton Abbey in the same flick. This movie also taught us that when dressing in a two-person cow costume, always choose to be the front end. Yes. (laughs) And don't forget your boots. Yeah, what's a cow without boots? Yeah. Okay, we're going to go to the last question. And this is a little bit different of a game. And this is going to get a little technical here, so... We're going to see. This is an untested game, so we'll see how it goes. Name that auto-tune Bad British Edition. This is a head-to-head challenge. So, guys, for this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X song, and you have to give me the artist and title. It sounds simple enough, right? But there's a catch here that the judges are terrible performers, and that will make things even more difficult. They will also be using fake British accents to make things sound more confusing and silly than necessary, just like the real-life people in England do. I still have not received an email from my three British listeners, so the lame British jokes will continue. Who will save Gen X at gmail.com is the email address, guys, or you can find it in the show notes. There are a total of five questions with each song worth two points and a steal worth one point. It's the regular rules as, as the game, okay? And also the rules apply for stealing the power as well. So that means in this question could be potentially worth up to 15 points to one of you. So anything can still happen. Okay. Your song number one, the date of this uh, song was from 1982. Give me song title and artist. Here we go. Rising up straight to the top. Had the guts, got the glory. Went the distance. Now I'm not going to stop. Just a man and his will to survive. Title and artist, Jeff. I the Tiger. Is it um, Survivor? I <laughs> the Tiger and Survivor is correct. Worth two points. Good job, Jeff. <laughs> See, this isn't so hard. On to you, Matt. Here's song number two. I have spoke with the tongue of angels. I have held the hand of a devil. It was warm in the night. I was cold as a stone. <laughs> is that at all familiar, Matt? Uh, it is familiar. I'm trying to uh, unpack the uh, uh, hidden melody. <laughs> uh, what's the year? Sorry, the year, the year on this one is 1987. Right. I, it sounds so, I mean, it's totally familiar. I can't quite put it together. I'm going to say White Snake. And uh, <laughs> here I go again on my own. I don't know. <laughs> Very close, but incorrect. Jeff, can you steal it 
and take a lead in this game. The score is now tied five points apiece. I can. Yes. Matt's going to, Matt's going to kill me when I do this, but I'm going to steal it, Matt. It's, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You too. Correct. That stings. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, you've taken a one-point lead. Matt, you're right in the game still, though. Jeff, this is your question. You can take a commanding three-point lead if you get this one correct. This is from 1971. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us, and the world will live as one. That's not fair. <laughs> Probably the easiest one on the list. Let's put the pressure on Jeff yeah. to get it wrong. <laughs> if you don't get this one, Jeff, yeah. come on. You might as well just turn the computer off. Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to get it wrong just for fun, but it's yeah. imagine yeah. John Lennon. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Correct. That's two points for you. This is from 1987. Do you suppose that waiting hands on eyes, Veronica has gone to hide? And all the time she laughs at those who shout her name and steal her clothes. I take it back. This is the easiest one on the list. I was going to play it for you again if you needed it. No, no. It's Elvis Costello and it's Veronica. Veronica. Absolutely. Seven points now for you, Matt. You have taken back the lead, and it comes down to this. Jeff, can you get this one for the win? This is from 1980. Here you go. Crack that whip. Give the past a slip. Step on a crack. Break your mama's back. For the win, what is it, Jeff? Oh God, now I'm drawing a blank on their name. It's Whippet. Um, oh God, why am, I, why am I blanking on the name? I knew this would happen. I knew I'd forget something so easy. Overwhelmingly, this band's most famous song from 1980. This is only I, one I'm hour podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Drawing a blank. I'm 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 blanking. I need an answer. Make something up then. I can't replacements, but I I, I, I know it's not that. I know. It is not the replacements. Matt, you want to dunk all over Jeff and get this answer correct? And give him a name of a band that he'll never forget now? (laughs) Uh, Oh, if only I could, because I'm having the same like kind of brain freeze. Because yes, it is whip it and it is performed by oh my god you have people screaming the name of this band at their podcast player right now yeah we know we know (laughs) this is hopelessly embarrassing i'm trying to channel 
Richard Blade like telling me <laughs> the song is coming up on first wave. It is that was with it. it. Bye. Bye. Zemo. <laughs> Baron Zemo did not record that song. Oh, However, I know now. Devo did. Devo. <laughs> <laughs> terrible that's just a hopeless Total it's okay matt fake. it didn't cost you anything congratulations matt you won the game Ooh. limping over the finish line it feels like <laughs> land of the lost will return after these messages before we play the final round if you're enjoying the show so far please consider giving us a positive review on apple podcasts and subscribing to future episodes it costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean a whole lot to me. And it really does make a difference in Apple's algorithms. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much. Round three. Round three is a bonus prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, the game's loser can play spoiler to the winner. I will ask the same five survey questions, family feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to give me the response that they think is the most popular answer from the Generation X timeline, the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The loser gets to answer first with a winner unable to hear their responses. The winner will then have to give the responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of the answers. If they get more points, they win the game and go on to claim a chance of their prize. Matt, you won, so I'm going to put you in the waiting room. Jeff, it's you and me, buddy. You understand how the game works, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can try to redeem myself from the Devo disaster. <laughs> uh, you can pass once, okay. and the pro tip is use your pass, okay? Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Who is the best new wave band? Pass. Name a character from the movie Goonies. Chunk. Who was the worst character from the cartoon Super Friends? Oh, God. I have no idea. <laughs> Rumble still skin. I have no idea. <laughs> I think he was in uh, later episodes, wasn't he? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you're thinking of Mr. Maselplex. <laughs> Clearly not a fan, right? <laughs> you don't remember Super Friends, really? Nope. I have no memory of it whatsoever. Which was your favorite home video game console? Atari. Name the best cop show of the 1980s. Oh, God, was... Um... Was Hill Street Blues in the 80s? Hill Street it Blues. It was. And you skipped on this one. Who was the best new wave band? Maybe not technically new wave, but I'm just going to go REM. <laughs> We're going to let Matt back in from the waiting room. Okay, welcome back, Matt. I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Jeff. 
you may not duplicate his answer. If you do, give me a new answer. You have two passes, so use your passes. Ready? Yes. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Who was the best new wave band? Devo? Rad. Name a character for the movie Goonies. Chunk. Try again. Damn it. <laughs> uh, no. What's that? Uh, no, I'll pass. Pass? Okay. Who was the worst character in the cartoon Super Friends? Green Lantern. What was your favorite home video game console? Atari. Try again. Nintendo. Name the best cop show of the 1980s. Hill Street Blues. Try again. Pass. Okay, you're out of passes. Going back to the Goonies. Name a character from the movie Goonies. Josh. Josh Brolin. <laughs> exactly. And your second pass was name the best cop show of the 1980s. Not really a cop show. Magnum PI. I mean, private investigators in the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's go to the answers. Let's see how this turns out in a very uh, entertaining, dysfunctional family feud. No, a very dysfunctional, dysfunctional family feud. I asked you guys, who was the best new wave band? Jeff, you said R-E-M. Yeah. Uh, zero points. Sorry. Did not make the survey. Matt, you said Devo, a name that has haunted Jeff this whole game, and it haunts him again, because that was the number four answer worth 10 points. Who was the best new wave band? The number one answer was Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode was the number one answer. Name a character from the movie Goonies. Jeff, you got on the board with Chunk, which was the number one answer, worth 32 points. Good job. Matt, I think you got a little confused on this one because you said Josh. Josh Brolin was the name of the older brother's character in the movie. He did not make our survey. I'm sorry. Those were zero points. That brings the score 32 to 10. I asked you, big, big DC superhero fans, who was the worst character from the cartoon Super Friends? Jeff is trying to leave the room because he's embarrassed of his answer of Rumpelstiltskin. Not a member. He was... I think he was still in training or proba probationary uh, a member. Did not was not actually one of the super friends. Uh, that was with zero points. You still are at thirty two points. Matt, you said Green Lantern, the beloved Green Lantern character, did not make our survey. I'm sorry, that's worth zero points. You're still stuck on ten. The number one answer was Aquaman. It's the most the worst character on Super Friends. Aquaman. I asked you. Which was your favorite home video game console? Jeff, you knocked it out of the park by saying Atari, which was the number one answer, worth 34 points, bringing you to a total of 66. Matt, you said Nintendo, the number two answer, so not far behind, worth 26 points, bringing you to a total of 36. Going into the final question, the score is Jeff, 66, Matt, 36. I asked you, name the best cop show of the 1980s. Hill Street Blues 
The number three answer worth 20 points, bringing to a grand total of 86 points. Matt, over to you. You gave us Magnum PI. You need 50 points to win. Survey set. I'm sorry, Matt. Magnum PI is, did not make the survey. It's worth zero points. That means, Jeff, you have played spoiler to Matt, and you have prevented him. You've overcome the Rumpelstiltskin curse, and you actually uh, won Dysfunctional Family Feud and blocked Matt from winning his prize. The number one answer for best cop show in the 1980s was Chips. Nope. You guys remember Chips? I said in true Gen X form, I failed upwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, the fact that I could not remember Chips for some reason, which I was a loyal Chips watcher, uh, I just did not. Yeah coming to the head and you know more painful is the fact that my wife was a uh, extra in at least one episode of chips and i'll be paying for that and kind moving forward <laughs> she was an extra in um tj hooker i believe too tj hooker would have also been potentially an acceptable answer um yeah uh, you were unable to win the game to proclaim your prize. However, let's take a quick look on some of the items you could have won if uh, we were picking today. You could have won a vintage postcard from 1977 featuring the iconic alien Balak from Star Trek, that uh, kind of kooky-looking guy there. Either of the Garbage Pail Kids, Matt Rat or Junkie Jeff were available. A Star Trek air freshener in the shape of the Vulcan hand salutes live long and prosper and smell fresh. The Quantum Leap novelization of the TV show from 1992. Are these the further adventures of Dr. Sam Beckett? You'll have to read it to find out. A vintage lobby card from Big Trouble in Little China. A porcelain music box that is shaped of three kids standing on top of the earth as it plays We Are the World. And someone on eBay is selling a Tostitos chip that they found in their bag that bears a striking resemblance to Pac-Man. That could have been yours. Or, going to page two, a 1975 Chevrolet Corvette Stingray. That's valued at starting bid with $45,000. I'm so sorry, Matt. You could have got that bid, um, but Jeff stopped you from doing that. You only have Jeff to thank for that. Oh. Personally, I'm very glad $45,000 is out of my budget. Well, that stings. <laughs> that definitely stings. Thank you so much for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcast and enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you've chosen to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you so very much. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook or join our Facebook group. There's always some fun Gen X content posted every day. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly to keeping the show going, offering better prizes for the contestants. Um, we would need to raise a lot of money to pay for that Stingray. At our Patreon site, you'll find special offers, so take advantage of those if you are so inclined. If you like what we're doing here and want to save Gen X from being forgotten, you can contribute there. If not, please consider us next time. I'm just so happy you're listening to the show. Thank you so much. So thanks again, guys, for being on the show. We'd like to do our shout-outs and plugs now. Uh, Jeff, you got anything you want to shout-out? Or, or I'm, I, I know for sure there's something you need to plug. Yeah, we'll plug uh, our own 
little podcast where we talk about pop culture, uh, mostly sci-fi fantasy stuff, um, and our website, The Salty Press, where we write about the same types of things. And uh, you can come listen to us or, or read us and um, revel in our ineptness there. <laughs> So if you enjoy the nostalgic part of this podcast, you'll definitely enjoy the uh, more up-to-date takes that these two gentlemen have on, on their podcast. I've listened to a few episodes. I mean, uh, I started watching Picard just because of your guys' episodes on Picard. So thanks for turning me on to that. I'm not quite all caught up, though. Uh, I, I haven't watched uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yet. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna, I look forward to hearing your guys' comments about that once I once I get totally caught up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Any shout outs you'd like to give before we go? I'll say thank you to uh, my sister for um, failing to help me prep for this show. Love you, sis. <laughs> She'll get a kick out of that. All right. um, yeah. And thanks to my family. That's it. Great. Thanks again for being here. Matt, any plugs or shout outs you want to tap on to that? Yeah, just... Um... Yeah, again, I appreciate it, Zabe. Um, the Salty Pod is where Jeff and I talk a lot of Star Wars and Disney IP and drone on pretty pretty incessantly. But, um, but yeah, we've got a point of view. Um, but mainly thanks to you, Zabe, for putting this together. Um, you've got a rockin' pod, um, truly. It, it has been a great time. Um, my other shout out is to my lovely wife, Samantha. She was actually a guest on your show not too long ago. I believe she also lost her duel, um, but though I would say she probably performed a little bit better than I did. Um, she's a uh, wonderful soul, a talented writer and exceptional yoga instructor as well. So if you're interested in yoga, you know, we can, uh, we can set you up there as well, but yeah, thanks again, Zach. I'll be sure to put a link into that. She didn't plug that when she was on the show, uh, but send me a link and I'll, I'll put that in the show notes, as well as a link to your guys' podcast and um, the blog, uh, Salty Press webpage, right? Uh, send me those links and I'll, I'll include those in the show notes. So if you're interested in any of these things for from my guests, please check out the show notes. Yeah, Sam's episode was, I think, my favorite episode we've had so far. Uh, it, it, was, it was about her and Carrie were great. Yeah, they did a great job. <laughs> Thanks again, Matt, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question. If you know the answer, to, please reach out to me on our Facebook group page, or you can email me at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show, you would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea, you can also reach me at that email address as well. Check out the show notes if you need a link. If we use your question in the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. And now, this episode's cliffhanger question is, in the 1980s sitcom Perfect Strangers, what was the catchphrase of Balky that he would always say? Correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for an upcoming prize later at a later date. Last episode's cliffhanger question has been posted on the Facebook group page, so you can find out all the details there. Well, that's it for this episode, everybody. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later.
I'm happy the affair is over. A most annoying emotional episode.